You might have been thinking, man, it's a long gospel. It is a long gospel. It's actually the longest sustained dialogue between Jesus and a single human being in the entire New Testament. And what's weird about it is it's weird. (laughs) It's a weird dialogue. And it's strange in the sense of a lot of cultural dynamics, but it's also... It just doesn't make sense on a lot of levels, but it must be important because the gospel writers give almost a whole chapter to it. John does specifically a whole chapter. And so there must be something that is important for us in this encounter between Jesus and this unnamed Samaritan woman in a no name place in Israel. The the verse immediately before what we heard today, if I could add one more verse to the length of what it already was, is it said, he had to pass through Samaria. Nobody had to pass through Samaria. In fact, most of the Jewish people, because of their disagreements on a lot of levels, but on the disagreements specifically on religious law, would go all the way around Samaria. Let me, hold on a second, visual assistance here. Okay, If this is Israel, I know it's the book of the Gospels, but if this was Israel, and over here, all this stuff is the Decapolis, so that's all pagan territory where the Jews didn't want to go anyway. If you were coming from the north or from the south, Samaria was right here. So the easiest way is to go right through it, but nobody ever did. Because they didn't like, they, again, they just really didn't like each other. So the fact that it says Jesus had to go through Samaria, I think points out what the gospel writer is trying to say is he had to go through Samaria because he had to go to that well and meet that woman at that particular time in order to teach us and the world something really, really important. And as I said, that the whole thing is odd. You know, when, when he shows up, it's odd for a lot of things on the cultural level. He, a man, usually didn't talk to her, a woman. That was just cultural. He, a rabbi, never spoke to her, a woman, culturally. And Jesus, right, the man who is a Jew, never spoke to a Samaritan. So the whole thing's wrong right from the beginning. And the dialogue's kind of funny because when he comes up, he says... He says to her, give me a drink. And she's like, you know, there's got to be this point where she's kind of like, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. She even says it. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Why are you talking to me? And he's like, if you knew who was asking for a drink, you would ask him for a drink and he would give you living water. And I got a picture. I'll try to humanize this stuff. I got a picture of the woman being like, so... If you got this living water, why are you asking me for water? And she says, where is your bucket? And Jesus turns and he's like, everyone who drinks the water you're drinking is going to be thirsty again. But if you drink the water that I have, you will never thirst again. It will well up to eternal life. And again, I see the woman like... Well, if you got this eternal thirst quencher, why aren't you giving it to me? 
Why are you asking me to get water? And then there's got to be this point when she started thinking, I don't really know what he's talking about. But if he does have water that satisfies that I don't have to keep coming to this well, that would be a great thing. So she says, you know what? I want this water. Probably very selfishly, right? I want this water because I never want to come back to this stupid well. Then, (laughs) then it gets really weird. Then he says, okay, go get your husband. What on earth does her husband have to do with it? She's got to be thinking that. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh. And I got to think that the woman connected all of these things, right? Because what's really going on here is first of all, the woman's coming to the well and it says at noon. Women went to wells to get water, but they never went at noon and they never went alone. The reason they never went at noon is because it was too hot. And, the reason, and dangerous if you go alone. And the reason also that they didn't go alone is they would all gather around the well because that was they didn't have Twitter. They had the well. <laughs> and maybe they were better off. Let's be honest. The well might be better. I don't know. But you would go there to communicate. And so why is she there at noon and alone? Because her life's a mess. And everybody in the village knows her life's a mess. And she... She's probably the scorn of her village. And so she's hiding. She wants to be free. She wants to be loved. But she just can't be. Because she's trying to find it in men. And so in this encounter, Jesus is saying, I have what you want. I do. And she says, I want it. And then he shows her what's the block in her life. The block in her life is she's seeking fulfillment from the things of the world, from relationships with a variety of different men. And it's really incredible how Jesus pulls together the image of the well and how the woman keeps coming back to the well because she's thirsty and her own sin in which she keeps coming back to because she's not satisfied. So the question today is, what's your well Where do you keep going back to because you're still thirsty? What water is not satiating you? Maybe it's the water of success. Leaves you thirsty all the time because you got to keep being successful. The water of popularity. Leaves you thirsty because you got to keep up your image so that everybody still loves you. The water of pleasure. You got to have more and more and more to continue to be satisfied. The water of wealth, which is never enough. The water of material things, which just leaves you wanting the next best thing. All of these things, we just keep going back to over and over and over. The world thrives off of your dissatisfaction. For the woman, as I said, it's men. Jesus is telling her, I want to heal you. I want to give you the love and the joy that you want. But we got to deal with this thing with your husband. Actually, with the six men that you've been with. We got to deal with that first. I don't know about you, but you ever have like, Jesus, I want you to heal this. And you pray and pray and pray. Jesus, heal this, heal this, heal this. And he doesn't heal it. And you're like, what the heck? And that's because Jesus is saying, I want to heal that. 
but I got to heal this, 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 and this before I can even get to that. And you say, no, 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 I don't want you to heal that. I want you to heal this. Let me give you an example. So let's say, let's say there's a, a, a daughter, right? Or a, let's say you have a son, right? And, and he marries this woman. And it turns out to be an awful, awful, awful marriage. And they split apart and they hate each other and they're gossiping about one another. She's telling family members and people at church about how terrible he is and what an awful father he was. And then his family is saying, no, she's the terrible one and she's awful. And they're just fighting back and forth. And the whole time both parents are praying, please, Jesus, fix this marriage. Do you understand why Jesus can't fix that marriage? It's not because he doesn't want to. It's because the two spouses can't forgive and the two sets of parents can't forgive. It doesn't work. That's why when people come and they're like, I have this problem or that problem or this problem, like, what are you doing? This, this, and this. Is it working? No. Well, let's try something different. What about being kind to her? How could I, Father? You know what she did? You know what you've done? You know what I've done? None of us deserve forgiveness. None of us deserve mercy. And that's what the Lord is trying to hammer into this woman's heart. Into all of our hearts. We can have it. We can have the freedom, the joy... Jesus, just like the woman at the well, he knows what your thing is and he's trying to pull it out of you to get you into conversation with him. Why? Because he thirsts too. He's sick of seeing all the suffering in your life that's caused by, well, to be frank, you, me, Our deepest desire, whether we want to admit it or not, is Him. We chase after all types of things that in the end, they can be enjoyable, but they leave us wanting more. And why is that? Because ultimately, we have this desire in our heart that can only be satisfied with the infinite. And you've got to make that choice. How bad, how bad... Do you want to be happy? How bad do you want to be free? How bad do you want to be satisfied? It says, Jesus is saying to me, if you want all this, you can't put me on the margins. I can't be one of many things. I can't be something in the background that you occasionally attend to. I have to be the most important thing. And when we do this, when we put him there and keep him there, we can drink of the living water and we will never thirst again.